0: Heyo, welcome everyone to Today in the Scene by Indie Arcade Wave. I'm Joe, your host, and here on In the Scene, we dive into what's happening in the arcade scene from new indie arcade developers, arcade owners, and operators, and just news in the space in general. A few things before we dive in. We've got new t-shirts for Galactic Battleground and Indie Arcade Wave. I will throw those up here so you can check them out. As well as we have our new cabinet for Galactic Battleground, our four-player Konami, which is our upright, and our four-player tabletop, which is over here, our white version with the spectator screens. Let's dive into this week's episode. I had Dylan on a while ago to talk about Ground Control. That was our our first introduction to Ground Control. And this time, I've got Dylan coming back. Dylan is the Promotions Director at Ground Control. And Anthony, who is one of the co-owners at Ground Control. And Ground Control is an arcade in Portland, Oregon. Let's uh, have these guys on. And uh, how are you guys doing? Hi. Hey, Joe. Howdy uh thanks for coming on i'm I'm excited to talk about ground control i'm going to think by the time this video comes out i will have either already visited or will be on my way um, to portland for the first time to check out ground control uh, and hang out with you guys at a convention out there i know the last time dylan and i spoke we talked kind of about like what you can find at our at ground control how he got involved in everything i want to dive a little bit more into the history and see what has changed at ground control this time so Anthony, Dylan, go ahead and introduce yourselves and just let us know kind of how you got started with Ground Control.
1: Okay. Uh, my name's Anthony Dandria. I'm a currently a co-owner of Ground Control, Classic Arcade. Um, Ground Control actually started before I got here. I started out in Ohio as a kind of a private collector of arcade games, uh, moved to Portland and heard about this great little retro arcade. Um, that was being run by a couple of former record store clerks named Betty and Neil. Um, they started it by just bringing arcade games into the record shop, and they decided to break it out into its own sort of sort of niche little nostalgia fun zone of um, classic arcade games and console games. Uh, that was back in 1999, so it was one of the very first quote unquote retro arcades. And in fact, they build it as Ground Control Retrocade when they initially started. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I started hanging out, hanging out there in about 2000, um, helping them with the arcade games. And uh, they let me know that they wanted to uh, hand it off to someone uh, and move on and do something else. So I found some business partners. We formed a partnership and bought it out in 2003 and we've been operating it ever since. It was a uh, pretty small sort of boutique-y, kind of a boutique space that was more about, uh, more of a retail store with, a, with an arcade um, in the middle of the floor. And it was very strictly themed um, early 80s, kind of Atari, Cold War era um, gaming. And uh, in an effort to kind of bring it in bring it more current and new it up we started bringing in uh, nintendo you know super nintendo playstation nintendo 64 things like that um and uh newing up the arcade as well um there were some other things it it was sort of a mixed bag at first almost like a like a garage sale there were you know eight track tapes and records and things like that on the shelves import cds and things uh, we phased that stuff out and focused on the gaming because that's what our partnership was interested in. And um, we've moved to we moved to another neighborhood um, and then expanded into the neighboring space. And uh, now it occupies uh, actually two storefronts in uh, the Old Town neighborhood of Portland.
2: Hey, um, Joe, thanks for having me back here. I'm uh, my name's Dylan. I uh, help manage uh, promotions at Ground Control and. Um, I started as a regular. Um, you know, I grew up loving arcade games and video games. Um, my dad was really into pinball. Um, and so I just kind of naturally ended up at ground control, hanging out a bunch, <laughs> uh, making friends with the employees, and um, just kind of got involved in anything I could there. And now I, uh, I like to say I, I get to have a lot of fun. Working at Ground Control, I get to help steer like what kind of events we're having, um, tournaments and like high score contests. Um, I get to help organize um, setting up like pop-up arcades at expos like recently Rose City Comic Con and uh, this upcoming weekend when I get to meet you um, at Portland Retro Gaming Expo. So. Yeah, I've been been a ground control for, I think almost nine years in, in different capacities. But um, yeah, it's uh, more recently I've I've gotten more into organizing competitive pinball at the arcade, and uh, Anthony and I are working on uh, a, a cool project to um, kind of try to bring focus on on classic video game high score competitions back. Uh, which is uh, one of the things I just love doing most at the arcade. So, um, yeah, been a lot of fun stuff going on. And, um, yeah, I'm just happy to be here.
0: Yeah, I'm super excited for Portland Retro Gaming Expo to, to meet you guys and hang out in the arcade and just, you know, get out of the Midwest. It's, it's going to be fun to visit Portland. Um, I'm curious, actually, speaking about Portland, I'm curious on that side of it. Obviously, Ground Control is located in Portland, and Portland has, I mean, it feels like a ton of arcades out there. It, it must be a very influential thing, like gaming is big, or there are lots of arcades in Portland. So what do you think makes you stand out from the other arcades in Portland? Why is it such a great place to have an arcade?
1: It's an interesting question. Well, being first uh, helped a lot. Um, I mean, Betty and Neil started it in '99, which is really before retrocades were even a thing. And um, we've always tried to uh, try to bring something new and different. Have a lot of variety uh, in the games that we put on the floor. We're me and the other business owners are all, have all been involved in game development in one way or another. Um, I was doing online online games um, in the late 90s before I moved here. Um, Our other partners um, have developed sort of homebrew arcade games and um, arcade hardware and software to kind of upgrade and modify modify existing arcade games. So we, um, I mean, we always, we had an interest in sort of, we're kind of on both sides of the curtain, so to speak. We're fans and uh, interested in the development as well. So when we bring a game out to ground control, we like to. Um, we 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 are able to bring sort of a, a level of expertise with the history of the game, games, um, how they're made, able to you know update them. Uh, just to take one example, one of our partners created the uh, Pauline edition of Donkey Kong, well, which is the gender swap where you can play as Pauline and save you know climb the girders to save Mario. Um, and that went on to, you know, get onto consoles and and people created whole cabinets for, for that edition of the game, for example. So um, having been in the, like, having been involved with operators, you know, back in the Midwest where I came from, I'm familiar with, you know, that sort of business, but we also have a foot in the development side as well, you know, uh, knowing where these games came from and being able to modify them and also kind of present them in a historically accurate way, if that makes us, if that makes sense. Um just like to bring the, not just the game, but its history um, into the present and share it with everyone. And, um, well, we see a lot of, you know, families come and, you know, people my age are showing the games to their kids um, and sort of, you know, passing the enthusiasm for it down to the next generation. So that's, that's something i really really love seeing
0: like passing the baton between generations basically
1: yeah it really is i mean it really is a different kind of niche of gaming that you know that was all the you know it was all the rage in the 80s you know it was on the national stage um, but it really it's it's not you know it's something that you don't necessarily see on on modern consoles or even in mobile you know mobile apps and things like that um, the kind of creativity that happened in the arcade space back then where every game had its had a, a new type of control scheme you know they were inventing whole categories of gaming right. you know as each game came out it was very exciting and we like to we like to uh, bring that history out and um, share it with people so of, you know rather you know rather than just sticking a bunch of cabinets in a room and calling it a day
2: you know Anthony is also a um I would say an expert in uh, CRT monitor repair, and I feel like it's it's pretty important for games you grew up playing with CRT monitors to uh, like having having a, a legit old CRT that looks good can really help kind of like go back in time to uh, the first time you saw it or played it. I think Ground Control really likes to put an emphasis on. Uh, utilizing as many original components of games as possible and you know of course we need to repair games all the time but try to do it in such a way that it's maintaining that uh, that that true feel for the games um, and that's just something that I noticed as as a fan um, coming to ground control back in the day um, it's something I've always appreciated not to say that, that there's anything wrong with having uh, like an arcade game with LCD screens. In fact, newer games, um, indie games that we that we've been seeing, like it it makes sense and it's actually more more fitting for what's going on in those games. But, um, but yeah, I think there's there's something special about the way that we try to keep our games or preserve them.
1: Can I yeah, just add on that? Add on to that. It's um one of the, I do really care about the, uh, about the display um, and the controls on our games. And it's because of the uh, trying to, trying to preserve the authentic gaming experience. Like I've, me and the, the other owners have, you know, we've like designed games and implement and developed games on, you know, home computers and arc and consoles and things like that. And it really matters that you know games are designed for the platform they're on and to get the feel you know that the sort of reaction time and the way thing you know the way the game behaves and reacts to you it's so important to have the correct the correct controls you know working properly having a you know a crt screen you know that makes the game look the way it was meant to look and it responds the way it's supposed to respond you know a game like Tempest, you know, with its special vector graphics monitor. It was designed for that monitor with that spinner. And you try to play that game on any other platform and you, you don't get the, you don't get the experience. You know, there's a lag, it's, it's slow. It's, I've tried, <laughs> I've really tried to enjoy Tempest on not the arcade hardware. And it I mean it just makes all the difference. And that's, that's what's so important to me is that, you know, Dave Thurer designed this amazing game, and I want people to experience it as it was meant meant to be. You know, like f- just from my heart. As a, as a, I'm, I'm no peer to Dave Thurer, but I know how it feels to design a game and want people to experience it the way that I intended. You know, and the, that's what I seek to present at Ground Control. And I'm I'm really grateful to have business partners and staff who are on board with that and we'll go the extra mile to um give people the real experience you know and i'm old enough to to be able to say yes this is how it was back then so that's kind of my input to the whole thing
0: yeah i th- i think that's that's super important i mean you even playing like the the new little minis uh ness like i i played one and i felt like mario was lagging i was like he's not jumping as fast as he normally does or it feels slow like you could just feel that difference and that's really that's a really big aesthetic for galactic battleground like we have a way that we like the game to feel and like in in all of our cabinet designs like we want it to feel this pace we want the the joystick to be this tense the buttons to be this soft and that's that's really important to us that it feels exactly how we want it to feel um, i want to shout out you guys first off for inspiring will hey down in uh, boise to open his arcade spacebar arcade um, he shouted you guys out because Ground Control is where he first was like, I think I can do this. I want to open an arcade. And he did later <laughs> oh, that's on. That's awesome. Um, but just like the touch of these games is so important. And that, that kind of leads me into the indies. You guys, you said you you modernized the arcade. Like eventually you, you moved into the 90s stuff and you brought in Nintendo and all that stuff. And now you guys have Indies. Um, you guys have Killer Queen. You've got Galactic Battleground. We've been demoing it there for a little while now. And then you've got uh, and Gelatinous, which uh, I know Rob is Rob is a cool guy. And he was living with Dylan for a little bit. And you guys got the game in there and everything. So tell me, why are you guys interested in Indies? And what do you think Indies can bring to the arcade scene?
1: Do you want to take this one, Dylan?
2: Sure. Yeah, I think that it's a really important corner of gaming. Um, I mean, obviously, that's why we're here talking to you. <laughs> um, it's been really fun to see uh, see that scene expand and see more people get inspired by games like um, like I think it's it's fair to say Killer Queen has inspired a lot of developers. It's a success story that um, that has you know helped other developers follow those dreams, and uh, it's. It's also really fun when you have a new game with new mechanics that combine with kind of the classic aesthetic. So it feels like a classic game, but it's something fresh. and something that you haven't quite played anything like before. And um, they can even, you know, inspire communities to come together, like with Killer Queen, great example. Um, I remember when we first got the prototype in the arcade, and everyone's kind of checking it out, like trying to figure out how it worked. And, um, you know, all these years later, we are having these giant Killer Queen events where we'll even shut down on a weekend just to accommodate 100 Killer Queen players. that have traveled from all over to visit Portland, play with their teams, uh, meet other people in the community, and play this five versus five game. Um, And there's something really special about that. And uh, I don't know. It's just... It's awesome. It's it's important, and uh, it's nice to be able to add fresh experiences to a classic arcade while maintaining a a classic feeling. Um, and um, games like Galactic Battlegrounds and Armed and Gelatinous do that really well. So I'm really happy to have them at Ground Control.
0: Yeah, I think I think it is really important to like. That's one thing we all strive for. I know Tony was heavily inspired by Killer Queen. Killer Queen was the only indie that we knew of when we started developing Galactic Battleground. And it's like that retro feel with modern technology. Like, I, I I love Galaga. Dylan loved Galaga. Kelly did too. That's why we made Galactic Battleground. We basically wanted to take Galaga, but make it multiplayer. Like, we just didn't feel like there was a game that felt like Galaga that was multiplayer. So we were like, how do we dissect this? How do we make it happen? And they brought me in after development it was already kind of farther along. They were one v one at that point, and I was like, I played one game with Dylan at like three o'clock in the morning, and I was like, how do I get involved? Just tell me what I have to do. <laughs> um, it was it was that like it just pulled the nostalgia out of me right away, like this feels like Galaga, and I loved it. Um, I think the Indies are are so cool and they have they have a big future in the arcade space because I love playing all the old games, but I'm always looking for something new, whether it be like an old game that I've never seen or a new indie. It's like, it just, it makes me so excited to find a new game. Yeah, Um, So are we,
1: I mean, indie games, indie arcade games are the future. It's a, it's a pretty big part of the future of arcades. I mean, it's where the really, you know, it's like indie games are like indie filmmaking. It's like really new, fresh ideas. You know, they don't have to pass, you know, a huge, a huge um, focus group, you know, to to sell five thousand units or something like the big players do. You know, you don't have to cater to the lowest dom- the common denominator. You can experiment, and um, I love I love ground control being a test bed for that. You know, being able to put a game on location and see how the general public reacts to it. That's so important for for game. You know, game development and you know refining a game for final release, and so. Any, t- any chance we have to provide that, we, we, we try to do. Um, Killer Queen was one that we, you know, they were showing it at, at, at uh, interactive media festivals, you know, because there wasn't really any place to put it. Um, so when they came to the XOXO Fest, we said, you know, yes, you can have it in our arcade, you know, to get some real world uh, feedback on it. And uh, uh, we did that for, the, for Black Emperor as well, one of their more recent ones um but yeah uh really happy to provide that sort of environment for the testing that you know an arcade game needs
0: yeah it's been awesome for us we've we've been really happy with uh, the results we've been getting at ground control and i mean i, I wish you could see our four player tabletop it's it's so much better than the konami and in, in my personal opinion i'm biased to it because that's the way <laughs> i've always wanted the game i always wanted it in a tabletop and it looks so nice now but um Yeah, I just I appreciate the opportunity and I want to turn to pinball now because I know Dylan mentioned that Dylan has been feel like every time I text him he's talking about pinball about having like a a new event or something at the arcade. I'm like that is so cool that like you guys are constantly growing this scene that when I from what I remember when I first started talking to you there were pinballs in there and people were playing but it wasn't like a huge part of the events and now it seems to be a really big part and you're building this huge community around it. So Tell me more about pinball, what pinball is like at ground control and like what this experience in the last, I don't know, what has it been since we talked like nine months, something like that. What has that nine months been like for you guys?
2: Well, um, people should know because you wouldn't, you wouldn't always assume such, but Portland is essentially the pinball capital of the United States. There are more pinball machines on location at most bars you go to um, there's just more pinball in the city than than most places, even bigger cities. So w- we love pinball here, and um, you know, prior to the pandemic shutting us down, um, we used to have um, occasional pinball tournaments, you know, at least one a month, and then we had our big uh, annual pinball tournament, pin brawl, which um, we'd been doing for for. Almost a dozen years um, with a thousand dollar grand prize, 128 players, um, but we didn't really have uh, that big of a variety of of pinball tournaments at Ground Control. And when when we reopened um, from the pandemic shutdown, there were a lot of pinball hungry people out there. You know, I I was renting pinball machines uh, and playing them in my garage at the time. Um, these back here are our friends machines that we're just um, storing for now. But but there are a lot of people, you know, missed that community. And um, you know, we kind of took the opportunity to help rebuild it by scheduling more monthly tournaments. And um, you know, we had a lot of new people who had gotten into pinball and hadn't really played competitive pinball yet. So I, I felt like we couldn't in- provide a, a good environment to be welcoming to new players and welcoming to people who used to play and had taken a couple of years off. So nowadays, we typically have at least four tournaments a month, um, almost one every week. We have a, uh, a monthly women's tournament, um, and uh, we we started doing high score contests a little bit more easily, thanks to um, an advancement in, in modern pinball technology with these new uh, Stern pinball machines, um, like the one you see behind me is Star Wars. Um, the past several years' worth of uh, Stern pinball releases are now Wi-Fi enabled and allow people to create a profile um, through Stern's system where they can track all their progress, all their games, do achievements. Um, Get on leaderboards, and uh, so we now have, I believe, nine machines in the arcade where you can scan your QR code, sign in, and um, and get your name displayed up on these leaderboards that we have uh, set up throughout the arcade. And that I think it also helps kind of bring attention to new people um, that there's kind of a lot going on with pinball, and and uh, kind of help get them get them hooked on pinball and it's it's a good thing to get hooked on. Um so we've seen a lot of new players and uh a lot of people having fun d- discovering pinball and discovering competitive pinball. So um that's been one of my main focuses over the last couple of years or since we last spoke. And um it's been just a really awesome community to be involved in and you meet all kinds of awesome and strange people from all walks of life. They would all come together to to flip. So, um, yeah. Personally, it's it's meant a lot to me to uh, to be able to um, help get people into competitive
0: pinball. How how has it been for you, Anthony?
1: Well, pinball is uh, another example of a game that where you want the real equipment, you know, as it was originally made to play the game. I mean, I've tried virtual pinball. You know, they used to be pinball games on consoles. It's not really the same, you know, as the same experience as you know hitting that ball and you know watching it travel around inside the glass box. You know, with everything, all the lights, you've got to feel the flippers.
0: You have to feel the flippers. Yeah,
1: exactly. That instant, you know, that instant response, you know, like you feel the force of like firing that ball right where you wanted it to go. Um but more at issue, I mean, you know, people can buy you can people with means can buy a pinball machine and play it at home. Um, but what I what I like about it is the sense of community, um, especially in Portland, you know, with it being so popular as it is and you know, being able to find it anywhere, anywhere and everywhere in this town. Um, I really like. I like providing the means for people to get together and share a common interest and, you know, meet new people, you know, share, share their enjoyment of, of, a, of some, of a, you know, just a shared enjoyment of a pastime. You know, it's, it's, it just feels like almost a lost art, you know, in our society. You know, there used to be gatherings of all kinds of, around all kinds of sports, you know, like bowling or, you know, darts, you know, just public gatherings. Like that's, part of the reason that i i decided to take the plunge and like and co-own a location like this because i want to facilitate that kind of get together and um you know gaming just happens to be my my personal interest and i just love seeing how many different walks of life are like have converged you know to like enjoy pinball like i love that like there're various kinds of pinball you know there's there's a women's league you know, started up now, women's clubs and, you know, various other clubs. Um, Just uh, the community building is, I'm just really pleased with how it's taken off.
0: Community is everything. I mean, that's, that's why we're here. That's what we're talking about. Like, I love the arcade community. I love the pinball community. I'm in this small indie arcade development community, but it, you know, it's all growing together like the more arcades there are the more people are going to go out to arcades it's just it's really lost in modern gaming there's no there's no bumping shoulders there's no trash talk whether it be respectful <laughs> or not in the arcade who knows but you know it's just i feel like it's so lost that physical gathering that we're talking about community is so big so that's all i had for you guys uh, on ground control i really appreciate you coming on giving us an update let's find the social media so that people know where to find ground control and where to follow along the journey?
2: Yeah, so we're <laughs> at uh, we're at uh, at ground control with the K for control. Uh, just one word, ground control.
0: And that's pretty much everywhere. So I'm gonna throw those links up in the description, um, so you guys can find them and check them out. Follow along. Hopefully, visit ground control. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a pretty sweet arcade. They've got two floors. I love arcades that have multiple floors. I just think it like sets the games up. It makes the space feel so much bigger. Um, but thank you again guys for coming on, talking about ground control. And if you guys are still watching, don't forget yes, to, there we go. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. It helps us a ton. The way we'll continue to grow and we can all ride it together. And until next time, peace. Peace.